Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Good morning, afternoon, evening. And running the boards is Joey D's. <laughs> Thanks, Waluigi. Yeah. On today's show, we will talk board games with Mr. BJ Shea. <laughs> and Joe. Hey. <laughs> we'll talk comic books because BJ's finally been able to read some comic books. Okay, just one. All right, well, I mean, yeah. That's more time yeah. than I have. <laughs> uh, we might get to that more, but of course, the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have all our podcast blogs and more. More! Or just search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes to find us. Yes, plenty of ways to get a hold of us, and, uh, you know... It's always fun to get some words of encouragement, and if you want to leave us a five-star review and uh, some nice words, like I just said, please do so. Uh, Let me know that you've done that, and uh, once we can uh, get you a comic book, uh, I've got a whole long pull box full of random comics that we'll send you one. Just let us know that you gave us that review, and uh, yeah, definitely appreciate all of that. Uh, BJ. Yes, sir. It's comic book day. Yeah. So what'd you get to read? <laughs> well, I'm very surprised because there haven't been comics since basically February, March. And yeah. uh, I was surprised to see that a new Spider-Man dropped. Really? Yeah. It, it's, uh, so far, that's the only one that I out, out of the ones that I get from Marvel. Or actually, I mean, I have a couple of other ones from other companies they haven't dropped yet either. But Spider-Man 43 hit the stands. And uh, part three of True Companions, which is just Spider-Man's He's got to work with Boomerang, who's the biggest idiot as far as he's a semi-hero. He was a villain. He's a moron. He's he's Peter Parker's roommate. roommate yeah. I mean, it's just, and they're fighting this gigantic creature who has the ability to use pin particles somehow. It's in, it's embedded in this creature. So it's really a very small pet-like creature that can grow massive because of the pin particles. And Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. But you know what? This story ends in a, uh, and I love, and I love this. This is the greatest headline for a uh, for an issue ever, and you're not going to expect this. It says, "Do not miss this issue. Peter Parker's life will change, possibly forever, forever." And the the cover of the issue just has this giant faced Gog creature, which we've known an old school monster from the past that wow. that Nick Spencer said, "Hey, let's bring him back <laughs> and give him a backstory." And uh, yeah, so he's they're just dwarfed. Spider Man and Boomerang are dwarfed by this gigantic image of Gog. And then they're just saying, Peter Parker's life will change forever. And yes, it's true. And I can't wait for you to find out how. Oh, is this one of them bait and switchies? It's not a bait and switchy. It's Mm. true what they're saying. All right. But I had to laugh. Okay. And how it all ended. So check it out, Spidey43. (laughs) Thank you. Now, uh, since you're right here. I am right here. Board games. 
you play them once in a while, and actually quarantining, Uh, you've uh, been able to play a lot of them. I haven't done a whole lot, really. Uh, Really? The cool thing about it is is that because my son has no social life. What? Because of quarantining. (laughs) Sorry, buddy. Oh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, He's been coming over to play board games a lot, and I do happen to have a lot, so you always have something fresh and new to play if you want. And um, I backed this game called Godspeed by Pandasaurus Games, and it looked really, really cool about the space race being a fake, and it was merely a cover story. In fact, we weren't trying to go to the moon. That wasn't where we were trying to go. We were trying to go to an exoplanet known as Minos, and yes, Russia was there first, but then all these other nations started showing up. And so that's really what we were doing, is we had much better technology than we were leading on. So sure, we let the world think we were going to the moon, but really we were taking our dimensional gate travel abilities to go to Minos. And um, this game is about settling this new planet, but we are all playing nations and who is going to be better at basically settling the planet, getting a foothold. And uh, Joey D's got to play it as well. And I think we got a thumbs up from him. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was pretty fun. I got to play Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. So, so did you play it as a friendly nation or were you the warmongering uh, Canada like Gandhi and Siv? Oh, no, I was pretty friendly. All right. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, or hockey players. Oh, yeah, right. During a game. Yeah, were you a goon? <laughs> no, I also didn't have any maple syrup. I was kind of disappointed. Aww. But I did end up getting second barely by two points. Oh. Yeah, we actually like somehow lost a turn and didn't move up our turn marker, even though we didn't lose the turn. It was very odd, because you have a little <laughs> tracker that lets you go from one to ten. Yeah. And at one point, we're just like, I don't think we moved it up once. And BJ was like, yeah, we didn't. And then we had to hyper go up a turn, so my plans failed and got foiled, <laughs> and then BJ beat me by two points. That is probably <laughs> my only complaint with a game or games like that, is that when there is a timer... That involves moving stuff up. Hey, let's go to the next round, the next round, the next round. You really got to be good like that because it's, I, I mean, I get it. You look over there and you go, oh, we've got two more rounds left, and you don't. Yeah. You're done. I you, mean, and, totally. And a game like uh, Godspeed, which is a very cool uh, worker placement game that has some great components. I, of course, I got the Kickstarter copy. And so of course all you of did. the resources are this beautiful resin plastic Ooh. with printed images on them. And the money is real gold. And, uh, and so, and, and, and also your pieces are resin plastic with, uh, you know, the, the, the flags printed on them. And, uh, so it's from a component standpoint, you go, all right, I just love this game. The game board looks beautiful. Uh, it looks like you're on an alien planet and the decks of cards, the backs of the cards that go on the game board, match the game board itself so you're still looking at this wonderful picture that the card backs do not disrupt which is really really fun Uh, and it's not a difficult game to play but it surely is a game that you go all right i gotta figure it out uh three major components to the game one is that you all have to decide to cooperate on a mission if you don't uh you all don't get the reward if you all cooperate you get the reward if you don't all cooperate the people who didn't decide to participate get punished so it's interesting because you have to sacrifice some of your workers to help in this mission, and you mean you may need those workers to go do something else later Ooh. because there are worker-specific areas to be placed. Usually worker placement is, is I take my worker, put it in an empty space, and, and collect he just from does it, the thing, yeah. Like Lords of Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. In this game, um, I can't place any worker but my biologist in the scientific area. Oh. Uh, I, you know, in the infrastructure area, if I want to go there, I need my engineer. He's the only one to go there. That so, makes sense. But if I have to use my engineer to help out the high council with a problem, then I don't have my engineer anymore. And yeah. So there's the first part of the game is, okay, do you sacrifice one of your guys? The second part of the game is, 
all right, we got to go get supplies, but we need influence. And so you, each one of your workers has an influence number, which basically means they can talk a good game and get to the front of the supply depot line. Well, that's a bidding aspect of it. And so it's like, okay. well, I'm going to use my guys to bid, but then if I use my guys to bid, then I can't use those same guys to go to those specific areas, which is in the third phase, and that's the worker placement. Seems a lot of micromanaging when it Egg, comes down to it. There's a lot of good managing, but simple. Okay, it, okay, it, it okay. Yeah, you really, don't, it, you really don't have to crunch a whole lot to learn what to do. Your crunching comes in, what's my best strategy? All right, yeah. And I mean, even at that point, you can still play and not have the best strategy. It's just going to kind of affect it as you're going along. That's, which is what I like to do with a game. Let me just play, pick something that seems like mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. And then if it's not, well, I learned. Yeah, yeah. that's the big thing about worker placement games is it's hard to create kind of that multiplayer aspect to it because a lot of times you're just doing what you're going to do because mm-hmm. you have a specific quest that you have to get resources for and you're just placing your worker to get those resources. This game, every round, and there's 10 total rounds, has you do something with both the other players twice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Or else it just, like you just said, it just turns into a single player game and you're just hanging around with people waiting for you to yourself to go. Yeah. And you get to see what people have used... And you can block them out of areas. This game also has, like, there's only... Oh, you jerk. There's a limit to how many people can be put in a space. (laughs) Yeah. So you can block people out, and you go, oh, I know Oh, sorry. I know he wants to develop engineering projects. Well, I'll go to the engineering space, the only place you can develop those engineering projects. Sorry, we're full. Yeah, the themes are are actually really good, because in that, you know, kind of uh, sense of it, you really are racing. Because if they take something that you were going to do, you can't take that action that turn, which then means that you also realize they're ahead of you in that race Mm -hmm. and on that track. So it's hard to catch up in victory points in in that sense. But also, if you plan correctly the way the board is designed, you can do it in later rounds. Which you can see why then that one round I lost sucked. But <laughs> I will say, though, it was funny. We were playing, and the pieces he's talking about in his special collector's edition are so good that, like, the gold pieces, I kept getting gold because I wanted them, and then I realized I didn't really need them. <laughs> I was like, why do I keep getting these? You really should have been using them for something. <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. These are so shiny. I need to hoard them. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it, and and it's one of those games where you're happy that you got the collector's edition, if, if the Kickstarter edition, because it makes it so much better to have great components. Just the tactile feel of it all. Uh, Pandasaurus games, I'm sure you can buy a copy. I don't know if the Kickstarter copy is available, but the regular copy, I'm sure, is available on there. And you just go to their website, uh, Pandasaurus Games. And what are we looking for at p- uh, price? Uh, there, uh, I'm seeing you can pre-order it for uh, under forty five bucks. Oh, that's a good price there. Yeah, like, it, usually it, with with when it comes to board games, uh, if it's uh, if it's 60 and under, I, I'm way more uh, apt to want to pick it up. And if you're a worker placement fan, if you like games like Lords of Waterdeep, Champions of Midgard, I think this fits in nicely because, of course, you've got the D&D thing, you've got the Viking thing, mm-hmm. and now you've got a nice space worker placement. I know Alien Frontiers does scratch that itch as well. Uh, this, I think, is just a cooler way to do it. It's a neat way. And I love the idea that, the, you know, the concept the space race was a cover for us really having better technology. That's a fun thing. That is great. And there's a lot of replayability because each country is unique in the sense that their board is built differently and the numbers on their specific engineers or their you know diplomats is different as well for the bidding aspect of the game so there you get a lot from that and nice. you get nice little player bags that are like the flag <laughs> of your so they really, really I mean it's really nice <laughs> I just love how Canada got second in the space race there I, sorry Canada <laughs> so close <laughs> what other board games do you have you been playing I can't wait to play this with my son since I did talk about uh, with Joe and my daughter and and maybe even Vicky too because I know how much Vicky loves Lords of Waterdeep yes. mm-hmm. uh, and so 
while we can't meet with our buddies, there's a lot of great online gaming places. Steam has a good one, too, yeah, Tabletop yeah, Simulator. Yeah. There's also Board Game Arena, which is oh. where you can play board games online. So my buddy Sean from Think 12 Games, Shocking. and of course, he and, you know, he and Josh, of course, from the Board Game Alliance podcast, which we'll be back someday yep. once we get all on the coroned. Um they were, Sean's like, hey, you got to check out the King's Guild. We've been playing it a lot, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, sure. And so, of course, I have to go check out the game itself to see what's going on. Yep. And it's by Mirrorbox Games. And made that's the same company that made Chaosmos, which is a great space sort of find, uh, you know, find the Ovoid game. And that, that was a really cool game. And uh, so I'm like, all right, well, I like that game. Let's see what King's Guild is all about. And this is a we're playing it online, and I liked it so much, even though I got destroyed in the first game. I came in last. <laughs> I was so bad at this game. Really? But I liked it so much, I immediately went to the Mirrorbox website and said, I must have this game. Give it to me now. Um, it is a 60 to 9 minute strategy board game where it plays up to six players, which I love, mm-hmm. and you establish the most renowned guild, leading your guild to prosperity by crafting powerful equipment, sending heroes on quests to earn treasure, and upgrading your guild with unique characters and rooms. This is a cool thing where you have a, everyone has their own different game board and you buy rooms basically to add on to your, your, your particular complex. And when you fill in a space, you sometimes will get uh, resources. And this has elements wow. of splendor to it because in splendor, you've got to take resources and you get to take three or you get to take two, just like splendor. And you have to be really good about what it is. The quests are interesting. It reminds me of that. What was that game we played, Vicky, uh, at the con where we had to help the people go on quests? The game that was given to you. Uh, oh, that we have to go on quests. Remember, we, oh, oh, no, yes. we helped them with the. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, something they, com- quest. they come to our taverns. Something quest. Yes. Red Dragon Inner. Basically, we're shopping. We're shopping keepers, and we're trying to like sell them. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. recently just talked about that. I can't, I can't really remember. remember Vicky will find out. Give me a sec. So there's that aspect of it where the, the the questers show up, and you have to go. Basically, you have to sell stuff in order to give them the equipment they need to go on their quest. And if you do, they will give you some. Of, they'll give you some treasure for helping Bargain them. Bargain quest. Yes. So it's like Bargain Quest where I'm not going on the quest. I'm equipping the people for a quest. And there's a unique aspect to this game where the quests are you can do a quest by yourself or you can do you or I should say you could provide the quester by yourself or you can team up with somebody else to provide somebody the quest. And that's a precarious position because if you collect the card for doing it, you'll get icons which can help you get victory points at the end of the game. Or you get your choice of the two treasures that are given because you're in a double quest situation. So you, what do I want to be? Do I want the card or do I want my choice of the treasures because there's set collection and cool things that the treasures give you? So it's kind of, it really is kind of Splendor meets Lords of Waterdeep in the way that it works. Yeah, two things I love. And the yeah, and the artwork. That's why I was thinking of you, Vicky. Mm-hmm. The artwork looks really cool. It's set in medieval times and the questing and all the different magic and all that. And uh, it's 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 really a fun, good game. We played it a lot last weekend online, and I was like, I will order this game. I want to play this for reals. Uh, now I've been looking online, and just the quick ones. Look at it. it. Looks pretty pricey. Were you able to get it for an affordable price? See, if you go to mirrorboxgames.com, you yeah. can get it for sixty bucks. Oh wow! Don't okay. even. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at other places that said. It was over a hundred dollars. So yeah, and that was like I was like, that's kind of a price. It was thing. a Kickstarter game, and I get when people, you know, hey, I got my Kickstarter game, and everybody wants it, and you can't get it. I'm going to charge ridiculous money for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, always check the website of any company 
that makes a Kickstarter game because it's there and it's really the reasonable price. So these people who are idiots on eBay doing right this, I, I feel like, what are you doing? I mean, you see over there, Mirrorbox has got it at its cost. What are you doing? Perfect. And that's the one thing I wanted to make sure on that because if you can get it from the source and you don't have to spend an extra 40 bucks, that can really sway somebody in wanting to buy it or not. Yeah, you like Splendor, you like King's Guild, and some people, you know, Century Price Road also is something that's a, you know, that some people love that too. I think, uh, you know, this game gives you all of that and it's and the artwork is pretty i love i just, I just love the game nice Moving on from board games, a little bit of movie news. I didn't know if we needed it, but it's going to happen. What's this? Deadline reports that Scott Derrickson from Doctor Strange Cinematic Fame is set to direct a Labyrinth sequel that will be produced by Jim Henson's daughter, Lisa, Ooh. directing hmm. a script from Into the Dark's Maggie Levin. Now, we don't know anything about details about what the movie's going to be about, beyond the fact that it's a sequel to the 1986 classic, something that's been attempted before, Ooh. and uh, whether or not any of the members of the original movie's cast will reprise the roles, uh, it will be difficult because uh, David Bowie has since passed. And I don't know if Jennifer Connelly necessarily wants to do anything along these lines. So are they going to get a giant teapot then? Because a, a giant teapot? That's what they had to do for David Bowie's character in Twin Peaks. Oh, they did. <laughs> they turned him they, into a teapot? They turned him into this giant teapot. <laughs> well, okay, first off, this isn't being written or directed yeah. by David Lynch, so I don't think we'll have to worry I about that. I want them to make it a giant teapot, <laughs> just because then it would be for David Bowie continuity. Oh, my goodness. Like, I could see it maybe like Jennifer Connelly is older now. Maybe it's the her daughter or it's the little boy. I don't remember his name, but the baby. Suddenly, oh. like, the baby's baby gets kidnapped. Yeah, why not? And it's a new Goblin King. Or, like, they could even do something along the lines of what they did with Dr. Parnassus back with Heath Ledger. And they have just a different person playing the Goblin mm. King. And it's just like, well, I've gone through some transformations since we've last seen each other. 30-some-on oh. years ago. Well, that's what they did in The Matrix 3. Uh, sometimes, kiddo, you just have to face the change that right? you got. You exactly. Know? And you're like, all right, I'm, I'm buying this. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily wanted it, but also I did not want it. So I cautiously like optimistic at this point. We'll take anything, won't we? I mean, seriously. Yeah, I mean, we're nerds. Mm. We're still going to watch it. We've been watching a lot of bad movies on Netflix, so we'll take almost <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. A lot of, a lot of good sci-fi movies out there. <clears throat> now I'm trying yeah. to think of who I'd want to play as the Goblin King. I, and that's the thing. I'm just like, well, you got to yeah, get I'm two. Stuck. Yeah, you got to get two rules for that. You got to get David Bowie yes. as the Goblin King. So you need the Goblin King, but you also need the Goblin King's codpiece because that's its own <laughs> character. <laughs> ah. I'm pretty sure it got its own billing in uh, that uh, old movie there. Hope. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know how you feel, who you think should be the Goblin King. Um, but right now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? So how do you guys feel about actors playing multiple superheroes? No. Yeah, I mean, I... <sighs> it really depends on the success of the franchise. That's the Yeah. Thing. The two people I can think of, the franchise that they starred in first was not very successful. And I'm probably thinking of the same two. Yeah. And they both were the same character? Uh, no. no. I was thinking Human Torch. Well, I was thinking Human Torch, Chris Evans. Yes. Um, because he went on to be Captain America. That's the first one. And then I was thinking Ryan Reynolds that as the second one. Green Lantern, who then went on to become Deadpool. See, I was thinking... Uh, Michael B. Jordan, 
who was the Human Torch in that crappy movie, and then was Killmonger in Black oh, Panther. Oh, there are a couple of them. Oh, I, t- I, I, you know, I keep forgetting about Michael B. Jordan. I guess because of the fact that he really isn't a hero. Yeah, that's fair. in the second one. But and, and to be perfectly honest, Ryan Reynolds was actually Deadpool twice. That's actually they were. You're <laughs> yes, right. He was Deadpool really? twice. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That was the only good part of that movie was when Ryan Reynolds was able to actually be Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. It was like I loved. I loved where that was going to go until they turn him into until the non-funny, stupid yeah. thing. Right, like it's. I, I. It's a little weirder when it's within the same world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but because it, but it also depends how much time is in between them. Like Chris Evans, I feel like there was enough time between Captain America and the Human Torch. But some some people are just jumping in and playing all these characters because hell yeah, there's money in these movies. Gosh, yeah, yeah, right. And the Fantastic Four just wasn't as well received as I would mm-hmm. like. I mean, it it it, it was. I mean, it wasn't hated that much, but still, it's. I think for a lot of folks, I don't know, it's semi-forgettable, so that you can wash your palate and appreciate him as, you know, Steve Rogers. Yeah, Joey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Fantastic Four movies, in particular, um, kind of don't exist in most people's minds. Right. So all those actors kind of get a pass, and you know, everyone loves Ryan Reynolds, and he kind of plays a joke character a lot of the times, in the sense that like he can break a lot of walls and stuff. So they don't really. You know, take him for that. Be like, for instance, you couldn't put Hugh Jackman as something other than Wolverine. It just would never work. Yeah, I just don't think that will work anymore. Yeah. I mean, we do yeah. have like even minor characters like Lawrence Fishburne appeared in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, and then starred yes. in Ant Man and the Wasp two years later. Oh, like, yeah, right, but he was I just for, a cat. Yeah, right, he was a minor dude. But I forget about ones. that. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah because he he was just a regular dude. You know, a scientist. I know. Yeah. Like, Lawrence Fishburne could have been, like, a really cool character. I don't know which one right now, but I think he could have Who's been, like, old? a superhero. That's the problem. Is he's kind of looking oh, old you these days. have old superheroes. Oh, let's see. That's what <laughs> says the guy that might be getting closer to where Lawrence see, is. exactly. Yeah. I still want to be a superhero, damn it. Oh, okay. Um, well, this uh, writer named Je- uh, Jason Weiss on CinemaBlend.com Hi, wrote- Jason. A uh, article about uh, five Marvel characters that Margot Robbie would be perfect to play. She oh, is Harley Quinn in okay. the D- DC world. Ooh, mm. you know it, it's oh, boy. It's, she is very iconic as Harley Quinn. So it's not she's more iconic as Harley Quinn than Ryan was as Green Lantern. I think and it Chris would be a, a step Torch. down yeah. to be anybody in the but, uh, Marvel universe. I'm interested. I'm yeah. curious. I mean, it's she would look different enough mm-hmm. that you know. She could probably do well, it. Well, she's an actor, so I would imagine she can get... And, and Harley is such a pronounced character that almost being anybody else would be different. Uh, well, the first one he picks out is Dazzler. Oh, Dazzler. Oh, our old friend Brandon Jerwa would probably love that. I can't yes. even remember what da- who Dazzler is and um, her personality. She dazzled. I know who she is. But <laughs> she's a musician. She knows. I mean, her personality, like who she mm. be is, is oh. completely forgettable to me. I know what her power it, was, it was and all She's that. basically like an 80s pop star. Yeah. So just think of like a, 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 a Tiffany or, like a or a Debbie city. Gibson. Yeah. Or just like any sort of like disco musician would be along those lines. Yeah. Which is funny because the first time I ever saw Dazzler in a comic was, I think, Ultimate X-Men one of the issues and she was a punk singer instead yeah. so they gave her like a oh. weird kind of haircut and everything it was pretty fantastic so they had completely changed her up but he says that as soon as she walked into the frame as Naomi in the Martin, Martin Scorsese's The Wolf of Wall Street it was clear oh, that yeah. Margot Robbie was destined to become an icon of fashion with how easily she could per- she could perfect any look and admittedly fashion is not a characteristic as commonly associated with Dazzler but whose ability is to create light of the sound, earned her a place among the X-Men and singing career. 
but her sense of fashion is undeniably iconic to the comic book world. She was kind of a terrible, like, X-Men type character. Yeah. Like, the powers are, like, sure. Yeah. But you, you got to kind of work around that, and it makes sense to have her being a, uh, a musician in any aspect. Mm-hmm. Next one, I don't agree with this. Uh-oh. Black Hat. Because oh Felicia Hardy yeah because yeah. she oh, that had should a be thing a good with black Tom hat. Holland and he's six years younger than her yeah I think I, I think I would be okay with that I it, the trouble is is that black you know this is more when Peter looks a little bit more adult mm-hmm. when and black but she'd be a great black cat because black cat is sexy and broken and. Um, I definitely think that she could play that role. That's actually, that might, so far I agree with that more than anything you said. So far, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like uh, Tom Holland's going to look like a baby up until he's 50. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> I, I, that, that yeah, it's tough. The only it's, interactions have just to be when they're both in their suits. Right. Like, yeah. don't meet up at any point any other time. Or, or else just don't date. Yeah, yeah putting yeah, them date. together exactly. is a challenge. Don't date. Because <laughs> he met her after high school. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And so, the, the, yeah, Holland is, in, at least we're made, made to believe he's in high school, so that would be and, tough. And he's in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is Emma Frost. Oh. oh. I think look-wise, she definitely has it. Uh, she can definitely be, like, the villain, obviously, but she can be really sweet. We did have January Jones in, uh, was it X-Men First Class? And she's a very good, she plays a good distracted, like, you know, like, she's not really with you when she's with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost, very, it's a cold, disassociative sort of performance that January can do, and... I don't know if that's who Emma Frost is in the comics, but I loved her version. And so that's going to be tough for me to compare what anybody does to, which I thought was a really great performance by January Jones as Emma Frost. See, Emma, I loved her, Emma. And like uh, the, the bits and pieces I've read with Emma Frost, I've always disliked her because I'm like, she was always a wedge between Scott and Jean. But Sorry. <laughs> uh, she always came off as like, I am the bitch in charge and I'm going to do what I choose to do. Like, yeah, it is my rule. Mm-hmm. Like she's yeah. the queen. And and I love the way January played that. It wasn't exactly super like over the top. I'm just uh, you know going to be the alpha, but it was more like a regal, entitled sort of. Yeah. Just, you know, like why am I even talking really? to you? I, for me, I I got the sense of it's kind of like that hot chick with that older dude on the like on the big old yacht. It's just like I know like I, I I'm I'm with this person or this idiot because I know it's going to further with what I want. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And 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 there's a there's a sort of like, you know what, he's the guy in power, so it doesn't it's not beneath me to be with him, but actually I'm more brilliant than he is. Yes. Wait, I've got one for Margot Robbie. It might be on this list. I haven't looked at the list. The ever loving blue eyed thing. Me uh, and I are no, just thinking no, the same uh, level. No, I don't think no? that would okay. no. No, no, no. Squirrel girl. Oh, I don't know much about what? Squirrel Girl. <laughs> no. Squirrel Girl She's has annoying. defeated some of the greatest villains in all of Marvel history. Somehow, magically, off screen every single time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, how she does it. I think uh, <laughs> I think there was a rumor, I don't know if it's still going on, if it's going to happen, that Anna Kendrick would be Squirrel Girl, which I oh, think would be perfect. Oh, even better. All right, fine. Yep, yep, that's better. Never uh, mind. Okay. Sorry, Margo. You lost it. This wow, one I really like don't, don't agree with because I already have somebody else in mind for this character. Okay. The She-Hulk. Yeah, I would like to see, uh, and we probably have the same person. I, I want to see uh, uh, Ronda Rousey. Oh, uh, see, kind of, not not quite. Uh, Gina Car- Carino. Yes, yes, oh, from okay. uh, The Mandalorian. Oh, good call. They're both MMA fighters. So. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but it you. <laughs> Yeah, I just think that, I mean, Harley Quinn is just not ripped enough for me. Or Harley Quinn, I should say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Margot Margo Robbie. Margot yeah. just doesn't strike me hey. as a Hulkish character when in Hulk form. The thing is, well, not the thing, not the thing, but hey. uh, uh, I remember just looking at Kumail Nanjiani 
and how they got him ripped. Mm-hmm. And he is not the form that you would imagine for them to do, but the the Disney machine, the Marvel machine, oh, yeah. they'll yeah. just put you through the ringer, get you all those trainers, dehydrate you to get you that bod. Well, so. you, is it going to be CGI when she's in She-Hulk form, or is she going I don't, to... I that's don't know. the other thing and I don't know. And I don't know either, because they did that with Ruffalo for Hulk. Yeah, I suppose if she's CGI, then what the heck, Margot Robbie could probably do it. Right. Yeah. But it's I mean, not going to be her, if, but the CGI Yeah, Vicky be She-Hulk at that point. But I mean, if they're going to do like a Gamora situation where they just paint it on... Yeah. But then, see, then she's not very Hulk-like. She's just a normal sized person. Well, I mean, I guess they're probably going to have to enhance her height, kind of like what they did with uh, Gandalf. In uh, oh. they, they they did the what is it the perspective yeah. measuring? Yeah, well, that would Hobbit be interesting stuff, if she yeah. ripped her if she got ripped and because at least the She Hulk in the comics is not overly insanely ripped the way the Hulk is. No, she's, strong. she's still like she, six foot or something. Yeah, but she looks yeah, more of like and, she looks more human, if you will, with mm-hmm. her proportions than she's the like Hulk an does. Amazonian woman. Yeah, basically. good call. Yeah, and that's absolutely. why I love Gina for it because she is built not necessarily as like like you know an in tone or in shape model. She is built like an athlete, like a brick s house. Like I and she worked for those muscles. All right, Gal Gadot. That's who we should have. That's She Hulk. Fine. Uh, and last one on this list. Uh, I don't hate, but I think I would rather somebody else for this role. Invisible Woman. I was wondering if you didn't get to that. I yes. really was wondering if you didn't get to that. Here's what I would say. Do Does she and um, John Krasinski make a good team? Because it has to be Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic. Yes, I think we all have agreed <laughs> that it's John yeah. Krasinski. She's supposed to be younger than him. So mm-hmm. that's why I like the idea that uh, I believe she's uh, she might she's, be she's 10 younger, years. She's younger than me. Yeah. Oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh, then she's definitely younger than Krasinski. And I'll buy that because in the comics, Reed is at least, I believe, 10 years older than Sue. And she is 29. Yeah, right, and, so and Jim Krasinski's that, about 40. Yeah, it kind of yep. fits itself out. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, would yeah, not have a works. problem with that at all. I'd be okay with that, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, it's, but, you know, Sue is a lot more intelligent and a lot tougher. And a, I mean, she's got a great combo of nurture, kindness, toughness, intelligence. You know, she's got a different kind of intelligence. And Reed is obviously a super brainiac. Mm-hmm. But Sue has got some really good, like, emotional intelligence as well as normal. In- I think she's actually, I think Sue's probably got a really high IQ. It's just next to Reed. No, everybody looks dumb. Yeah. The problem is with Reed is that he has no perspective. And it's uh, yeah. it's less common sense than intelligence, really, when it is comes it, down to all of that. Is it kind of like a Sheldon Cooper situation? Well, even beyond that. Yeah. I mean, because he's like really mega super intelligent mm-hmm. but I mean the idea of like you don't really understand everything else what's going on because you're so smart I, I think that they never painted him the way he is the way Shelton Shelton's been painted mm-hmm. but I would agree with that it's yeah. just like how they gave us a new version of Sherlock Holmes for that realizing that this guy version. had issues mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie if Margot Robbie was to play a superhero I kind of want her to play a superhero in the boys <laughs> I think she would fit perfectly oh, in that like, series. Yeah, we're just going to be done with Marvel versus DC. Yeah. Just go straight to the boys. <gasps> I know who she should play. Oh no! Oh, oh, the pro. Ah. Oh, which is a which is a one off. <laughs> yes, by the by the same great team of Garth Ennis and Tarek Robertson. Oh my God, it is fantastic. It is yeah, like BJ said, he actually was the one I think that let me borrow it in the first place. It yeah. is not for children. It, it is, is not. Healthy. It is. It is. Uh, uh, if you give anybody superpowers, will they be good? And so these aliens gave superpowers to a hooker. Yep, because, well... Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> it is fantastic. They make fun of the Justice League I like that. hard. <laughs> As it were. Yeah. Well, until next time, guys. Stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where? Two. 
Go! Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.